0: Hey guys, happy Valentine's week. Uh, Welcome to chapter 6 and I'd like to dedicate this chapter to the topic that is love. love. So in today's episode I'll be asking a few of my friends what their definition of love is. As well as followed by that is my definition of love. And I guess I'll share my first experience in what I call up and what I feel was love so let's get started so I left it to the last minute but I took the liberty of asking around uh, a couple of my friends or acquaintances who I've met over the years all in different stages of their lives different relationships uh, stages of their lives and I just wanted to ask them what they thought love was and what love is to them so on the topic of love, it is an a feeling, an emotion, a uh, state of being. It is very personal. So some of these might resonate with you, some might not, some you might disagree with. But at the end of the day, it is up to you and your personal uh, experiences and history to make up what your definition of love is. So um, let's listen to what my friends and a uh, acquaintances I have to say. <laughs> love is something you 100% apply to yourself before you can give to anybody else.
1: What is my opinion of love? Hmm. Um, I don't think love is I think it's choice it's like if you're with someone right tell me the exact time you fall in love with that person like what's the metric what do you use um, what is that sensation what do you feel I think it's uh, it's kind of like with your family too like you're born into that family to do and start loving them at birth it like grows um, it's, it's the choice to want to work on something to always make it better. Because, you know, it's like it's like coming home, you've had a great day, your partner's had a shit day, they sit down and say, Oh hey, how was your day? And you're like, great. Oh, that ended really quick. Um, but yeah, like you listen to that day, and you just... I mm, dunno. Talk. Uh, like, like getting a drink, for your partner, even though they didn't ask, just like little things, compromise, and grow together. I think I think that's what love is. Um, but then it built into the point where you see them, and it's just the best feeling ever. <laughs> uh, yeah. But as to whether love exists or not, and how to measure it, and what a metric is, and I think it's different for everyone. But it's a work. It's something you have to put effort into. And that's fine, because provided it's the right person, it's worth it. But yeah, that's my whole spiel. I'm not quite sure. What else to say about that one? Other than that, it is it is compromise between two people still being an individual but allowing someone else to work around that and for you to work around this. like a little it's like like linking two circles together i guess you've got like you on one side the person on the other side and that part where you intermingle <clears throat> yeah yeah whatever <clears throat> that's me maybe i should like Clearly write down what I'm gonna say then say (laughs) Let me know if I need to do that anyway, Kim uh, You're amazing Love to me is a verb So it is not love but to love Do lovable things and make love to each other as long as possible and as regular as desired
0: I think love is both an action and an emotion so it's something that you feel and something that you can express to other people Um, to me love is unconditional like I would literally die for the people I really love what is
2: love You can feel love for a friend you can feel love for your partner of course you feel love for your parents love is the emotional connection connection to someone that you feel when you do anything for them um if we're talking about what love is in a relationship i think love is the driving factor to how much work you're willing to put in because no relationship is perfect no relationship is without flaws and no person is without flaws um And I think that the person you're with needs to help mellow out the bad flaws. Like, they're really, not the really bad stuff, but like the, 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 the fundamentals. For me personally, my partner helps mellow out me, calms me down, makes it easy. But she's not a pushover. If she doesn't like something or she doesn't agree with something, she'll say it. She doesn't just switch up so i think that love in a relationship and i'll go back to what i what love for me actually is but i want to talk a little bit about love in a relationship because it's it's a very fundamental thing it's it's a it's a very key driving factor and it's a primal instinct um, originally love would have been the primal instinct or the, the attraction of two people would have been the primal instinct to find a compatible mate and as we've evolved it's changed it's no longer just the compatible mate to reproduce it's the compatible mate that you want to spend the rest of your life with. and in this respect not many human beings nowadays m- get married for life they get married when they're young um, problems arise later on and the average um, marriage I uh, from last time I checked was between um, five and ten years because eventually you get sick of each other. The, the change that needs to happen is that you need to be willing to work through the kinks, the people you love. It's because they're willing to work with you. They support you. They help you. Everything they want to do is for you and you them. So I think that when it comes to the emotion of love. It's very complex because it has so many different facets. And it can sometimes be can sometimes be even very destructive because the person that you love with a family, friend, or, or partner cannot be good for you. It could be very toxic. So it's a it's a equally destructive emotion as well as fantastic you know amazing emotion it's one of the greatest emotions a human being has learned to feel properly since we stood up and walked on two legs I I think that we've tried to quantify and, and understand love on so many different aspects and at the end of the day one person's love is very different to another person's love so it's very difficult to calm quantify and and comprehend and and explain my definition of love is the fact that I'd do anything for the person, the people that I love my family, my friends my partner and one day my children and when I'm I'm, I, I would move mountains for them I would give my life for them and that will never change because it's a selfless act, it's not because I want to do it. It's not because it's for me, it's for them. Everything I do is for them.
1: I think love is when you care for someone more than yourself.
0: Love is bullshit. That's all I have to say. So before I continue, I just would like to say thank you to all of my friends who I forcefully asked for that mini interview. Um, Most of them were are in different stages of their lives. Not many of them are in similar situations, hence why I chose uh, particular people. And some of their answers may be quite similar to each other. At the same time, they're very different. Like I said, everyone has their own experiences, and that's how everyone forms a sum of um, or the definition, sorry, of what love is to them. So I have my definition written out, so I'll be reading off of that. I do apologize if it sounds a bit um, uh, robotic or just flat. Uh, I had to write it out just because it is a very sensitive topic for me. So I could have been write this on my phone without getting emotional. Okay. So here is what love means to me. Love is that tight feeling in your chest and when your fingertips tingle just from being breath away from them. There is a warmth you feel through your chest when you look into the eyes that they see and appreciate you for everything that you are. Whether you are deemed flawed, a loser, weird, ugly or unworthy, their presence and their eyes have a power that takes all of the rejection and the pain away. There is an ease that everything will be okay. There is a balance in the way affection is given and received. It is never demanded, it's natural, it's simpatico. When you love someone, you don't give them all of yourself, but you give them access to see and be a part, that is, of all of you. They may appreciate it as it is, but sometimes they may even surprise you and have a new addition to add to that, that complements the rest of you. When you let someone in, you open up to them, giving them a power to treasure and to nourish what's there or impact in the most painful way and because of this some of us may be selective in who we let in or for some very let very few in the sadness created from love is both a beautiful thing as well as crushing it is beautiful and sad when the amount of heartbreak is determined by how hard you love and how much emotion you feel love is precious and of high value it becomes something you have to protect and not given away so freely so before I continue talking about my experiences with love I just wanted to bring up the five love languages and the reason why I want to bring this up is because in order for you to understand my my definition of love or anyone else's um, the Five Love Languages split the qualities of giving and receiving love into five categories. So you've got quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, physical touch and words of affirmation. So there's a little quiz online from Five langu- Love Languages dot uh, It's free. It takes less than five minutes, maybe ten minutes if you're really pondering about the individual questions. But when you understand what you prioritise and how you want to be shown love, um, it makes a lot of sense in all of your relationships, including friends, uh, partners, and sometimes even work relations, as in like your relations at work, not relationships at work. Um, so I quickly did my test right before this, and my top three at 30% is quality time. Words of affirmation comes at 27, physical touch comes at 20, acts of service comes at 17, and receiving gifts comes at 7%. So, even though acts of service and receiving gifts is the two lowest for me, these two are the biggest ways that I like to show my love, ironically. And when I get into my story, it will explain and make a lot more sense why my my definition is what it is and also how I go about to, I guess, carry on in my love life. OK, so story time starts now. <laughs> so growing up uh, from the age of six, um, well, when I was six, sorry. My family uh, didn't have the privilege of having a family with a mother and a father figure. Or both present, sorry, not a figure, but present. So my mum, a single mum, who had three children, had the responsibility to take care of all three kids on her own. She didn't speak English very well. She didn't have uh, an education, so she was very limited in what she could do for work. So she would do 12 hour days, six, seven days a week. And her way of showing love was to take care of us, make sure we had a roof overhead, make sure we were safe, make sure we were fed, make sure that we had an education so that we could get good jobs and look after each other in the future. Um, this was her love language, which was acts of service and I guess um, gifts, like giving of gifts in a way. When, I'm, when I was young, I didn't quite understand this. I do understand it now. And for the three that were my main love languages, I lacked that a lot growing up. So not to fault my upbringing at all in any way, but the things that I, I needed, or maybe this is how I developed to needing this as an adult, um, were the things that I was lacking as a child. On top of that, I was quite the... I felt like I was the black sheep of the family. I wasn't very acknowledged. Um, Insulted to my face a lot. So the family, the extended family, sorry, wasn't too shy there. As well as um, kind of feeling outcasted a lot because I was just the ugly, fat, stupid uh, middle child that was forgotten. so yeah, so growing up in this environment, this emotional environment, I really lacked the the love that I I was craving. So from a young age, I think in my early teens or late teens, I was obsessed with being in love. So if I couldn't get at home, I was always looking for it I was, Always hoping to find love in a partner because if you can't get it from family, you can't really get it from friends because your friends are questionable in high school. <laughs> um you can look for it in a partner because that's the only thing in your control at that point, or what I felt like was in my control at that point. So from a very young age I was in love with the idea of being in love. I spent my late teens crushing on a few people and being hopeful, you know, making the right steps to getting to know them and figure out if they're interested in you. Took a long time of rejection as well as humiliation where I'd be lured in for them to say no and I like someone else in front of my face. So don't get me wrong, it wasn't like I was... Um, being overly desperate and nagging at them or waiting on them. But it was more, I made a conscious effort that if I was interested in someone, I would see if it would go anywhere. Because I, at the time I did have my, my close knit off friends as well. So I still had them as my support group, my, my anchors in a way. So moving on to after that period of my life where I hit my 20s, my early 20s, probably around the time when I met the Russian guy, I spent all that time working on myself. That's probably when I lost the most weight. I was feeling alone the most because uh, the situation at home was that everyone had moved out and I was just left alone in the house and... Coming from a a situation where you're always living with someone to the point where everyone's left and you're at home every day by yourself um, and you come home every day by yourself and you don't have really anyone to talk to, it was really lonely. So early 20s I spent alone, working on myself, figuring out who I was, what I really wanted, figuring out what made me happy. And at the time I thought working on myself uh, weight and health wise was what I wanted. So health was my, well, I call it health, but really I was, it was body dysmorphia. I was obsessed with losing weight because growing up I was just always fat and ugly. And because I was fat, I was ugly. You couldn't be pretty and fat. Um, or I would get told, you know, just your face is pretty, which is... In other words, you're fat, and so you're not that pretty. <laughs> uh, so that was my early 20s, focusing on that time. And approaching my late mid-20s is when I got into a sport that's powerlifting, which is lifting as much heavy weight as you can, pretty much. And from there, I met another fellow who was training under my, at the time, coach PT And this guy came from a Muslim background and he didn't know. No one really knew because I kept it on the down low, but I was very naive, very innocent, (laughs) haven't done anything. Had my first kiss at 25 and then come 26, 27, haven't done anything else at all. And with the pressures of Uh, Internet dating starting around that time. Tinder had started around that time. And it was a time where casual sex was growing. So with all the pressure, it made me pull back a bit and kind of keep to myself about that. Because I had done all this work on myself. I had missed out on everything uh, socially and I guess romantically. That I was in this awkward stage while I was in my late 20s and... Uh, just only had my first kiss recently and I felt embarrassed to admit that I felt embarrassed to say hey I'm a virgin and I'm you know past 25 or I haven't done anything or I've never been with a guy in any way not even like romantically so this made me just kind of keep myself a bit reserved in certain parts of my life that I didn't tell anyone so when I meet this guy who trains under my trainer, he, he shows interest in me. He sort of pursues me and tries to message me and get into my good books, pretty much. We met up and had a coffee one afternoon. And it was just kind of like a formal, hello, how are you? Yeah, good. At the time, my type was... Actually, <laughs> I don't know what my type was back then, but i was pretty sure and told myself back then it was not him um that's all i told myself i just knew that he was not my typical type i think i was more into pretty boys before and as time went by he showed me a lot more attention and the whole (laughs) the whole era of sliding into people's dms and sending like mass snapchats to a bunch of people and Getting responses like that, I was so naive to that. So I thought this guy's showing me interest and he likes me and he's messaging me these personal things or um, these daily updates on his life. So I I was under a false idea that this guy was interested in me. So we hung out a couple times and at one of our um, gym dinners there was a small group of us in the same uh little group sorry who trained under the same personal trainer at one of our dinners he asked me if i wanted to hang out afterwards and me being naive and not knowing what the hell like it's just hanging out because when people say they want to hang out i i genuinely believe they want to hang out that's it they just want to get to know you um i said yeah sure so let's hang out So after the dinner, we both like we went to the park and then smoked up Uh, and pretty much just were talking and joking around the whole time. And eventually he made a move and uh, we spent that night just making out at the park. This is my first time making out with anyone that I knew. Because my first kiss was with a stranger. But we'll go into that in another story one another day. Um, So yeah. So in my head I was somewhat becoming interested in this guy. I thought this guy was somewhat interested in me. And we were making out. So in my head things are good. Yeah. (laughs) So that night he dropped me off at home. And the next day... Um. Yeah, just nothing. I I was a bit like, no message, no nothing. Kind of acted like nothing happened. So I I was like, is this a secret? Do I tell anyone? Do I? What do I do? So I I think I told one of my girlfriends who were a part of the gym group, and her response was just, I knew it. Um, <laughs> was like, I don't know how you knew it when I didn't know it. So, you know, I thought it was a thing. I thought it was genuinely um a thing, a potential thing, a maybe thing. I don't know. It was something. And as time went by, that's when I learned maybe he's not interested in me. Because there hasn't been much communication afterwards besides random Snapchat updates or random comments on Instagram videos and uh, photos. So I kind of pulled back and I thought, no, he's a waste of time. He's a player, a playboy, a fuckboy, whatever you want to call it. So I spent... (sighs) Spent a few months going around in circles like this where I thought this guy's interested no he's not he's a fuck boy is he interested so there was one day where I initiated with him and asked to go out with him as in like hang out not on a date and same thing we we went out and got food went to the beach and sat there and talked for a bit and just shit talked again um, same thing happened. We, we ended up making out and it was fun. I didn't stop it because it was fun and it felt good. This was new for me. Um, so that night when he drove me home, he tried to make an advance at me and I it, it's a weird feeling when it's something you want. But at the same time, you know you're not ready for it because you, you don't know anything at this point in your life. You haven't done anything. so, And also this guy doesn't know that you don't know anything. So I pulled away and told him no. And he respected that and said, okay. After the couple of advances he made at me and the couple of times I said no and told him no. That I don't want that we were able to build a sort of friendship uh, we weren't too close but we were able to be in the same room hang out outside of the gym and just be friends he later on went to his country of origin um, and was there for a few months on holiday and in his time there he met someone and seemed happy and just before he came back to or back home to Sydney uh, they broke up so he came back to Sydney broke up and about a month just less than a month um, of being back home in Sydney he contacted me and asked me if I wanted to hang out after a gym session so we met up at the gym and trained and then went out afterwards and had food and then went to smoke some um and same thing you know it was our old routine where we'd hang out and smoke and talk shit. and he he started to pursue me again and this time it was it was less um gropey and, you know, tongue in my mouth and stuff, but a bit more affectionate, which completely threw me off. In my head, I was just thinking, where is this coming from? What is he doing? Like, why is he being affectionate? Why is he being so close and intimate right now? At the same time, I didn't stop him or deny it because it felt nice. And he dropped me home afterwards. And the next week I was just thinking about it. And driving myself a bit crazy about it. On top of being crazy about our job as well. I then received a screenshot from one of my girlfriends from the gym. And he was engaged. So two weeks after us that encounter uh he was engaged to the girl that he broke up with so in my head i was i was raging i was i was angry i was annoyed i was confused and i felt a bit silly and used so from that point on i just i didn't want anything to do with him because i was just so i felt a bit humiliated not to, in front of anyone, but just to myself. Um, we managed to keep our distance just because purely, I guess, he had no intentions to hang out anymore or any need to hang out anymore, in a way. And I just wanted nothing to do with him. I just left it as that. That was our di- dynamic at the time. And if we saw each other, I was as cold as possible. Because I was just so insulted. Later that year, he went back to the country of origin to, I guess, marry said fiancé. And in that time he was over there, they broke up again. But this time it was, it seemed for good. He seemed to be in a down place for a while, or so as much as I didn't want to, uh, I checked in on him. And asked if it was okay, because... He was, he seemed off. And he explained to me what happened. It pretty much wasn't a good breakup uh, for his part. And he was having a rough time. And, you know, there wasn't, there was only so much I could do via online. So left it at where it was. Um, Not long after that, he met another girl. And, Seemed to be hanging out with her for a bit, for maybe like a week or two, maybe three. And right before he was coming back to Sydney, he got engaged again. And came back to Sydney, engaged to girl number two. And I thought I had done my lesson at this point and that I wasn't going to get involved again. Um, but came back, you know, same thing. Not straight away but like a couple weeks after he'd ask if we want to hang out and um and then he kissed me again i didn't pull away because i i enjoyed it not enjoyed the satisfaction of kissing a engaged guy or someone taken but just him and eventually when i realized You know, this is not right. I pulled away and then just got out of the car and then went home. I didn't say anything. I just got out of the car. And a couple of days later, I asked him to come over so we could chat because this was just running in circles like a mad hamster in my head. So I pretty much just told him that he was engaged to a new girl. And I don't know what's going on, but he really needs to sort his shit out because I'm done with this. I'm done with these up and down games. Um, so he admitted that at the time that he didn't know this girl and he didn't like her. Which it, it made sense because under the time circumstances that they knew each other, he didn't really know her. Simple as that. And I told him, that's fair, but you've made a promise to someone and you either need to keep it or you need to end it because it's unfair to everyone. It's unfair to her, it's unfair to me. And I'm sick of being pulled around like a yo-yo. And he was like, okay. And he decided to stay engaged to her. The next couple months were different where he seemed like trying to be devoted to her. And we were honestly just friends for that time. But we also hung out a lot more and got to know each other a lot more. And I got to show him more of myself. And he was, I felt like he opened up to me as well. And in in ways that he wasn't around other people. So we spent the next year being closer, purely because of training purposes as well. And we hung out a lot more and we spent quality time together. And in this time, getting to know him, spending a lot of one-on-one time, um, it didn't help my situation. I developed feelings and I grew attached. And The more he opened up to me and the more I opened up to him, whether or not he felt it, I felt very drawn to him and I was developing feelings for him. Because that's what naturally happens when you open up to people that you also have an attraction, a a pull to. So I kept it to myself. I didn't act on it. I didn't say anything. I just was appreciating it for what it was at the time that i was just spending time with him because that's all i really wanted that was enough for me in that time that we were friends and getting close i i'm a bit of a weirdo and he never looked at me or made me feel like that i should be ashamed or kept quiet or you know, just hide me. And it, it was probably the first time in a long time that I felt like he was proud of me. And he made sure to tell me that he was proud of me. He was just someone who was very okay with telling me and other people that he was proud of their achievements. That he was happy that they were progressing. And that was something I also never gotten uh, growing up. So that was something that I really valued every time he said it to me. Fast-forwarding towards the the final couple months of us um, being in contact, uh, we went to Melbourne together with a bunch of other friends. And we were there for one of the Arnold's classics exhibition expo things where i was there as a support for him as a competitor in the sport and so you know i was there for him to support him in his sport as he's been there for me to support in my sport as a coach and it was a successful weekend i would say like you know they got up on stage and did their thing. Um, they did their best, uh, which I would say is the best outcome you would want besides being on podium. Um, so that weekend was the weekend that we slept together. The the Saturday night he had come into my room, and we were chatting for a bit, and. One thing led to another, he started to kiss me and in my head there was a lot of arguments going on. There was, no, not right, no, this isn't ideal, Uh, stop it now. But then there was also the argument of, well this is what I want, this feels good, and why am I always saying no? And I probably pushed him off once or twice, but then it was a bit half-assed and I didn't say anything. And eventually I just, I didn't want to say no anymore. I just wanted to say, okay, let's be together. So yeah, that weekend we slept together and the next week he was oddly avoidant. But at the same time checking in a lot. And he didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about it. We were in a situation where there were people around us and we couldn't talk about it. Um, so when we came back home from Arnold's. I brought it up with him. Sometime that week. And his response to me I sensed it was out of panic when I put him on the spot and asked what is going through your head. Uh, and he used the words, I saw an opportunity and I took it. So, I don't know if he meant those words. He, he did seem like he was in a panic when he said it. Um, and also was on the defense, because... He's in the situation he's in. So I took it on board and took it as, as Bible and just carried on. Um, And when I say I carried on, I didn't mean I was okay with it. I wasn't okay. I wasn't okay for the next couple months. Um, But... Because he was my coach and I had to compete in my competition, which he was supporting me in. I didn't want to let him down. So I continued to train with him, knowing he really hurt me with those words. Tried to smile when I could, but I just... It didn't feel like betrayal, but it felt like... It didn't feel good there was a huge hole in me that just became a big nothing and i found it hard to feel anything for a couple months or a couple weeks right after he said that um come the competition day i did well and that day i was actually okay because the focus of that day was just on us in the competition and our peers, our close peers on the day. So that day was probably the first day that I had fun afterwards. It was probably um, a week or two after the competition uh, at one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning. I remember it was just really late. and. He called me at one o'clock in the morning, and asked me if asked me if I wanted to go for a smoke and do our usual hangout. So I had already planned to meet someone uh, late at night, so I said, "Oh yeah, I can, but I can't stay long." So I was like, "Okay." Uh, we went out for a smoke, and then. I had to leave for an appointment Um, that night was probably the last night we saw each other Um, we went for a smoke at one o'clock in the morning and I had to leave for a booty call not long after that I think a week or two afterwards is when I met the guy from the red flags chapter and during the time that I was seeing red flags, I was trying my best to avoid this guy and concentrate, I guess, on someone who potentially would be there for me and available for me and is, isn't engaged, pretty much. Um, someone who's giving me attention and isn't engaged. And... I, I screened him a lot. If he called or messaged me, I would give very cold answers and or just, just not reply because I didn't want to sabotage something that I could potentially have with someone else who was available for me and chooses, well, who I thought would choose to be with me. And not long after... I started seeing the red flags guy he was due to fly back to country of origin to marry second girl not second girl sorry this girl Um, so I asked him if we could meet one more time just to say bye Uh, but with how things turned out with timing and just where life is we didn't get to meet up So he left, and I continued with Mr. Red Flags. And a couple months later, obviously, Red Flags didn't work out. And I messaged him and I told him what happened. He showed his concern for it. But at the same time, there was nothing left to do. I, I showed support for his marriage and congratulated him, but that, that was as much as I could say. Just congratulations. And we briefly spoke about potentially, or not potentially, but the future for us. So when he would come back to Sydney and that we would still be able to be friends and everything would be okay. And there was a stage where I convinced myself that I'd be okay with it. But as it turns out, I wasn't. So, the breaking point for me was when he did an appreciation post on His Instagram about the Arnold's weekend and had mentioned everyone everyone who was in the house with us, everyone who he had said hi to on the weekend or come across on the weekend, um, thanked everyone and tagged everyone except me as if I wasn't there or didn't exist. So from, from that, I, I felt completely fucked off, completely fucked off, and after that, I just retreated in my shell, and I was really upset, and when he noticed, he asked me if everything was okay, and I pretty much said, no, it's not. I told him I needed space, and that I didn't want to talk to him for a while and that went on for a few months to the point where I decided I didn't want him to contact me anymore and he asked me why he didn't understand why and I told him I couldn't talk about it I was just I was I felt betrayed I was too upset and I was just full of too many emotions um, And he said he'd wait for me but I said don't wait for me don't talk to me but he did he waited Um, a few months later he'd check in and try to contact me at this point it was just via email because I had blocked him on everything and I sent him a very detailed long email about why I didn't want us to be in contact anymore. Um, And he took it on board, but didn't want it to be final. So he understood that I needed space and I was upset. But he wanted to wait. And a couple months later, he checked in again. But same thing, I told him, don't. And eventually he, eventually, he understood and said okay. And that was it for us. Um, So I probably spent the next couple years um, mourning the loss of our friendship and him in general. Because around this point, uh, losing my job, dating Mr. Red Flags, uh, I really needed the support that um, he sometimes gave me, and coming up to coming up to um, the time that we spent together as well, I couldn't share what I thought about him and my feelings. About him purely because at the time my peers, my friends who I would open up to, uh, would reject the idea that him and I were anything, not even friends. Um, It was just a waste of time, it was just rubbish. Which is fine because from, not fine, but from their point of view it is from a um, protective defensive and maybe just over hearing about it so i understand from their perspective why they said what they said but during the time when he and i were whatever it was um i couldn't talk to anyone about it and it was really lonely because Also, I have all these feelings that I couldn't fully share with him either. So I couldn't share with my friends. I couldn't share to people close to me. And I couldn't fully share with him either. So it was mostly self-contained. I did express my love to him. And he, he expressed his love back in whatever degree it was to that he was able to and for the sake of being able to record without breaking up too much, uh, I have downplayed a lot of the things that happened between us just because I can't talk about it I, without losing it um, uh, but in the last three years I have done a lot of thinking about what it was that what made me feel so drawn to him from the beginning so I didn't experience any feelings for him until the last year that we were um, in contact but earlier before that I didn't know what that pull was and after much thinking and to just going back and dissecting everything. It was probably the, the third night that we hung out and we were in the car together. And with my background of feeling rejected from my family, extended family, and just being overlooked all the time, um, there was a moment in the car where he was driving and we were talking and joking around and he stopped and then he looked at me and said you know you're really pretty right and i looked at him and i was like no like stop it and he looked at me he's like no like i'm being serious you're really pretty and that was probably the moment where i felt something towards him because That has never happened for me before, and that to me was a big deal for anyone else who that wasn't a big deal for, or isn't a big deal for. You should feel lucky that someone calling you pretty isn't a big deal, (laughs) because for me it is. And and that's stuck with me for the last few years, uh, because it meant something to me. Whether or not he realized it or not, which I don't think he did, because even at the time I didn't realize it did. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, so that's pretty much my experience with love. Uh, it's not always sad And at the end of the day, I wouldn't change it for the world. I'm I'm glad it happened. Um, yeah. So thanks for listening to this episode. I'll see you guys next time. Alright, bye.